Dragons. I'm Oliver. Who am I? I'm Evan. Who who am I? None of your business. Um, That's a reference (laughs) I don't get. (laughs) It's perfectly fine. Um, I think it's a World of Warcraft reference, if I were to guess. And that's our first mention of a different IP (laughs) other than D&D before we've even gotten into it. Uh, I think I forgot to say we're going to be your DMs for the day. We're getting more casual in the new year. 2022, Uh getting all (laughs) loosey-goosey. Yeah, so welcome back to Dungeons vs. Dragons. Uh, We're going to be... in, in light of the announcement of uh, the book, uh, Book of Monsters? Monsters? Monster very Menagerie? Close to that. <laughs> Mor- Mordekainen's Monster Menagerie is what we're going to guess it is, and Evan's going to look it up while I talk. Um, uh, releasing a bunch of race, we thought we'd do, uh, we thought we'd do um, a little comparison of uh, some of the original races. Um, so we're going to be doing dwarves versus elves today. Uh, I will be taking the position that dwarves are superior, uh, both as a player race and a race in general. I think they're cooler. And I'm going to be arguing on the behalf of the far cooler, older, wiser elves. They and really also, are. this is to splice in earlier, but um, monsters of the multiverse. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll get a little ADR in there. Monsters yeah. of the multiverse exactly um if we could get that in harmony that'd be great yeah uh which for anyone who doesn't know it's it's an official dnd book releasing uh like uh setting agnostic versions of a lot of the races that they've released before like it's it's going to be like the definitive definitive version of like goblins as a playable race or like asimar as a playable race um i don't know if they're going to be making that many trips changes to like Janazi or anything like that but basically it's just a it's a book containing a huge amount of uh extra race options we are not sponsored i do i do need to get that out almost every time i sound like i'm simping for for some various company uh not sponsored would love to be but still not we'll take anything yeah i mean yeah we'll take we'll take literally anything dd related yeah um, uh, and i feel like before we even talk about the nitty-gritty of which race is which D race is best i feel like we could we could wax about monsters of the multiverse for a minute and just like the concept for the book and how we feel about it yeah i i think that uh it's really cool how they are um removing a lot of the more restrictive aspects of race like i think i think instead of first of all i've literally always thought even before like I heard or read any of the talk about the more political ideas about why you would should remove ability scores. I think from a gameplay perspective, it just makes way more sense if you're not locked into like, oh, my cleric is going to be slightly worse if I pick a gnome or something like that's that's stupid. I should be able to play whatever race class I want yeah. to and have it feel like it's as valid as any other race class combo. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely, I felt very, very cool when I was reading Tasha's through for the first time because I had been telling my players, yeah, pick whatever race you want and you can choose plus two to one stat, plus one to another. Yeah. And then when it was like official, I was like, oh, oh look at me go. <laughs> They're going to yeah. hire me? Yeah. Uh, so it, it, it just seems like a solid move. And then I totally agree that like, yeah, we shouldn't be <laughs> promoting uh, 
you know, racial essentialism in our fun fantasy game. Like that's 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 a kind of silly thing to keep in uh, from a from a bygone era. Um, There's and, enough of that ideology in the real world to contend with. Yeah. You don't need to bring that into TNT. And I, I think it doesn't even bear talking about having racial specific alignments because that was yeah, that's that insane. was insane from the start, and literally nobody I have ever known uh, as a DM has uh, used that. Like, right. a silly idea. Silly. I think that yeah. this kind of conglomeration, like a compilation of all of the races or a really good majority of the races that they come out with through a series of the source books mm -hmm. really makes me want to start buying the new books that come out on D and D beyond. Yeah. So that I don't have to be like, Oh, well, finally we have a book of all the 30 races that we've already gotten <laughs> six here, four here, 10 here, you know what yeah, I mean? Like just have it really all in one place would be nice. Nickel and dime those, uh, player options when you're when you're buying on dnd beyond you're like oh cool am i gonna buy princes of the apocalypse just for <laughs> you know janazi representation but uh yeah. but yeah no it is really nice to have it all centralized so you can buy if you're a player you buy like the php monsters of the multiverse you're pretty much good on races and then as far as like subclasses there are there are a few different places like tasha's is obviously a great mm -hmm. uh resource for that um yeah i i play uh, on D&D Beyond with a friend who has all of them and it's really really convenient uh, she has really all nice. of the all of the books um, and she just shares them with the, the campaign do you guys use a VTT a what a virtual tabletop oh yes a virtual <laughs> tabletop sorry uh, yeah we, we use roll 20 um, okay. it's it's convenient everybody has it uh, I've seen some cool looking other ones that I've been like interested in getting into um, maybe that's a maybe that's a topic for another time if we want yeah. to. Uh, Roll twenty versus anything Fantasy else. Rounds. Yeah, yeah, like million million different things. Um, yeah, so I, I'd I'd love to give one of those a try, but pretty much all I've worked with is is Roll twenty at this point. Yeah, I think I'm um, holding off buying anything from D D, &D Beyond until they. I feel like inevitably release their VTT. I feel like they have to do yeah. it at some point, right? Yeah, I mean, like, they're already so, like, official <laughs> that it almost seems like a no-brainer that they should be, like, the one, mm -hmm. um, you know, because Roll20 is kind of it right now, but if mm -hmm. they released something that tied in with all the official, like, if they just, if you could just, like, play through modules just from the get-go, like, cool, efficient uh, pulling in yeah. from, you know, the actual, like, books and maps and stuff, that would be sweet. man, I would... Yeah, no. Are right. you listening, Jeremy Crawford? <laughs> yeah, come on, Crawford. I'm sure get you're off, in charge get off of your, City Beyond. Get off your Twitter page. Stop <laughs> answering all these weird rules and do something for once. Oh goodness. Uh, anyway, um, shall we get into the actual discussion portion? Um, that sounds good. So I think it's time to roll for initiative. Let me intuit what you're gonna roll real quick. Use my ESP. Um, seventeen. Hmm. Seventeen. Interesting. I was going to say eighteen for you. I think you're okay. I think you're, you're a pretty high roller. I think you're. Yeah, not gonna, I do tend to be. You're not going to quite get there. I think. Oh, I think it's a uh, it's a bold shot for you to say that I'm going to roll above a ten. But, <laughs> yeah, uh, that's true. It has to happen at some point. It does have to happen statistically, but. Oh, I got a nineteen. I got a natural one. <laughs> oh, oh man. Oh man. All right. 
so sometimes when I'm because I, I work from home, sometimes when I'm sitting at my desk, I, I just keep my little metal die here and I'll just roll it every so often. Um, at like maybe like you know 12 30 or something i rolled it just for fun and that was also a natural one so i've actually rolled two natural ones in a row today uh nice. i don't know nice. i don't know what that means for my day because it was pretty okay for me but quick um, side note on dice um mm-hmm. i work at an elementary school where we work on kids speech and we play a lot of games with them and my like supervisor found a bunch of dice in her bag she was like hey you like dice right it like gave them all to me <laughs> So I just I just want to let people know that my reputation is, is that's fantastic. I, I would love to be known as Dice Guy <laughs> at my job. Um, I, well, think, let me... oh. I think we have like a plus three or something. Don't you have a plus three or something? It doesn't really end up mattering. No. <laughs> but uh, due to due to my horrific failures, but uh, but I just wanted to technically, mention. yeah, I did have. In case like, anyone play, is playing along at home, I think I think Evan has a plus three. So. Yeah, um, and I have a very, very complicated, twisting, turning, in-depth spiel. Ah, here. <laughs> wonderful. Well, I can't right. wait to sit on down and hear it. Let me let me just rapid fire. Elves live almost twice as long as dwarves. That's awesome. Movement speed is higher. Huge. Dexterity is the best stat in fifth edition. Rivendell is cooler than Erebor. <laughs> All right. And there I, it I is. Officially, I officially have to remove Tolkien from the equation. <laughs> We're talking D&D, not Tolkien. I cannot I cannot go blow to blow with you oh, on, on Middle-Earthian uh, lore. I, I would lose that battle every time. So this is where it really starts to hurt me that I haven't played, like, basically any module or read, like, <laughs> any, uh, like, I don't know, Drist or a random novel set in any of it. Because, like, I don't really have a lot of aesthetic lore things to pull from D&D. Like, all the things I know about elves and dwarves are basically just from Tolkien. Yeah, I'll tell you, everything that is D&D is basically just from Tolkin too. Like, That's kind all, of... How we're I all think. living in J.R.R.'s world. Like, <laughs> he, he, he made kind of the idea of both of these races. And and there's, like, little little tweaks here and there, but it's it's all the same mm-hmm. I, uh... so if i could just rehash all my quick things um i know that it's not necessarily a benefit to be living longer because it's kind of difficult to role play as a dm like how yeah. do i act like a character who's hundreds of years old but that's the issue is the same with elves and dwarves it's just that you can make elves seem even cooler and more ancient because like i was <laughs> there 800 years ago Ooh. instead of 500 years ago come on give me a break um first character i ever played was a wood elf so i'm i'm partial to getting that bonus to the movement speed being a wood elf monk forget about it wood come on. It, it was it was very nice you were a speedy guy it was great and especially now that i've been playing on the grid more often nobody at me for having argued about playing off the grid. <laughs> but, but now that i do use grids more often i'm really realizing how like generous i was being with my players before we were on the grid i mean like oh yeah you're close enough to them you can get there but there yeah. are a lot of times when it's like ah sorry you're five feet short dog you can't do what you need to do yeah. um so any little bit of movement speed i think actually does make a big difference and then um disregarding tasha's um elves have a plus two to their decks and that's just 
it's incredible. I mean, any dex-based build that you're making, like you have to at least think about making an elf. Like that has to be a consideration for sure. Um, and then I'm not going to dig into Rivendell versus Erebor, but Rivendell is dope and I love it. And the aesthetics are beautiful. It's all about moonlight and grace. Love it. And that's my whole spiel, everybody. Man, <laughs> wow. What a, what a journey we've been on. Uh-huh. It was like uh, a quick punch. Yeah. Well, we can we can, we can get into more specifics and and stuff like that as as we move along. But I, I think that's a yeah. fine establishment of like, you know, their their basic things. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'll I'll kind of go point for point on with you here. Um, you brought it up a little bit yourself, but it's really hard to role play a terribly old person, especially yeah. like if your if your character is like three hundred and they're a first level something like what were they doing with all that time like i'm i'm like you know 20 some odd again not gonna dox myself but i'm like 20 some odd and i'm reasonably competent in a number of different things like you're telling me with 12 times the amount nice. of <laughs> uh, 12 times the amount of uh life that i've had you're not gonna pick up like in, in a medieval world, you're not going to pick up like a bit of swordplay, a bit of, you know, something or other, which leads me to uh, the fact that dwarves have uh, a reasonably long life, like on average 350 years. Um, so that's not that's not too bad. You can have like a, a hundred year old guy who's just like, you know, real hale and hearty and going out for the first time. Um, and they have innate... Uh, proficiencies which is cool so like your guy was kind of learning the things that dwarves learn mm-hmm. like you get dwarven combat training which is just a, a couple of different weapons which is really nice if you're playing like a sorcerer or a wizard or somebody who doesn't get a lot of uh weapon proficiencies you can get some really really strong ones like battle axes or hand axes are great um and you just just have that like you just have your little axe that you use uh for when somebody gets up in your face um and then you know tool proficiencies so like you you have things kind of built in that you could have been doing like it's like you learn the sort of basic rules of being a dwarf and then oh now you're a level one ranger because you're going out and you're doing ranger things now um but you needed that like you know, K through 12 education of using an ax. Um, and then second point, uh, you say dexterity is a great stat that most people need. Constitution is a great stat that everybody needs. It's just health. Like everybody kind of needs it equally. And so you're pretty much just going to look at it and be like, eh, I, can, I can use more con. Sure. That makes sense. It's good for casters because you can make your, uh, concentration checks and it's good for everybody's hp and then especially tanks you know um the speed is speed is rough um okay so it says your speed is not reduced by wearing heavy armor is that a thing in fifth edition is your speed reduced when you're wearing heavy armor in fifth edition i've just read this now it it definitely was in fourth edition i remember that quite specifically um i think you got negative some amount of feet for wearing heavy armor but i'm fairly certain that's not a thing maybe not i've been wearing playing armor. wrong this whole time what the heck 
And maybe that can't it, be a thing. And if it is, literally, it, nobody does that. Yeah. And maybe maybe it means, like, there are some things, like, if you're in water, your speed is reduced or something. But I don't know. Anyway, we're going to ignore that. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, and then there's, like, cool things like uh, advantage against poison and then resistance against poison damage, which is just, it's always fun to remember these little things about your race that are just like, oh, yeah. Um, on my changeling bard that I played for a couple of years, uh, I had a belt of dwarven kind. Um, so I can tell you how, how much that resistance to uh, poison damage actually comes up. It can really save your hide. Um, sub races are all really cool too. I think, I think the dwarf sub races are some of the most like limited in scope sub races because the original like the base race is very broad it's got all these different things and then the sub races if you remove what the ability score increases most of them only have like both of the original player's handbook ones only have one thing that they give you like hill dwarves your maximum hp increases by one uh every level which is fantastic it's literally the best way to get HP. I mean, it's just a, it's just a, it's like a plus two constitution um, that you can have on top of having maxed out constitution if you want. Okay. Uh, I think the build that has the highest HP involves being a hill dwarf. So you like take the tough feet, you go like draconic sorcerer, and then you go hill dwarf, and you've got a, a billion HP or something. I don't know. Maybe it's actually barbarian because of the 20th level capstone anyway um it's great and then oh, uh, yeah, for, yeah, yeah. for mountain dwarf you get proficiency in light and medium armor as any class you want to that's so strong like being able to have actual armor as like a wizard is totally dope and you've got battle axe so you've got a battle axe and medium armor and you're kind of just good like you're just better than you know the average wizard in survivability and if somebody gets up in your face you can just booming blade them with your awesome battle axe um yeah uh there are lots of positive things i think dwerger are cool too they're kind of more specific to like if you're going to be playing uh like a um specifically under dark campaign they're great because they do have sunlight uh sensitivity which i think right. is a really weird and I think it I think it needs balancing because it's really just so bad to have uh, disadvantage on all of your attacks in direct sunlight. Like that's just that's so punishing to a player when you're just like, can we can we go inside, guys? <laughs> like just not being very good at some combats. But they get cool yeah. cool spells. Uh, I like advantage on saving throws against illusions. I think that's just a cool hmm. just a cool idea in general. Doesn't come up that much, but. If it does, you feel cool. Mm -hmm. um, and then, honestly, like I do think that dwarven architecture and culture is a lot cooler than uh, elven stuff because I, I don't know if this is just my like Scottish heritage, but like it all <laughs> elven stuff all feels so brittle and like it's too like I don't know frou frou. Like it's all it's all a bit. Ponzi. It's it's all a bit, you know, yeah. Um, whereas I, I think that, you know, dwarves are the craftsmen. They're the guys who make the things. They they make the 
the like things that are handed down from generation to generation like you know there's some elven crafts and stuff like moonblades and stuff like that but i think that when you're really thinking about like who's making the stuff it's it's dwarves and also building entire cities inside of mountains is the dopest stuff that is so so cool like imagine living inside of a mountain that would be i'd rather be on a waterfall thank you very much in an enchanted forest uh rivendell is the waterfall lothlorien is the enchanted forest (laughs) (laughs) i have i did you know that lothlorien though that was a deeper poll lothlorien i i am aware of lothlorien i I know i know some weird specific depths of (laughs) tolkien lore uh because I have read the Silmarillion when I was a child. So I, I have seen the Lord of the Rings movies once. Okay. I have read the Hobbit probably seven times. Uh, I have tried picking up the Lord of the Rings books a bunch and they're boring. Um, and for some reason I powered through Silmarillion once and was like, what was that? <laughs> like, I didn't understand any of that. Oh man. So. I, I think that, um, just this stupid conversation that has no value the past two minutes is a testament to how great both of these races are because they do kind of represent two different ends of an extreme or two different ends of a spectrum. There's like sturdy, like tough, kind of like, I don't know, rough and tumble, hardy. We're in the mountains, we're in the earth and we're mining our minerals. Like there's that kind of culture. And then there's like the kind of refined, sophisticated annoying to be around but like dang that's a beautiful town <laughs> people so like you they they're diametrically opposed in a way that i think makes them easy to argue you know one versus the yeah. other and, and i think what's really cool about and definitely props to tolkien for this he kind of created the archetype um i think in talking about dwarves and elves we're kind of talking about two different potential ways that humans can also be like we're talking about like um a a very like aristocratic high-minded like like uh knowledge driven like they live forever they're kind of the privileged elite of Mm. the fantasy world you know they were in in a lot of lore they're they're like the first uh creations of you know whatever gods made made them it's like oh we made the elves first and they're kind of a little bit too perfect um and uh and then there's the dwarves who are so scrappy like they're absolutely fighting for every inch of mm-hmm. anything that they have and so resilient and like really fill in the cracks of the world like they're they're absolutely doing things that nobody else is wanting to do and then people are taking anything good that they have uh so i i think dwarves are a very compelling story as well as mm-hmm a cool aesthetic um so yeah I, I i do think that's cool to have the diametrically opposed uh viewpoints and i i think elves are cool and you don't have to make them like you know prissy or whatever but mm-hmm. uh but you but certainly that is, can <laughs> that's that's the idea I, <laughs> yeah i personally am playing a very prissy elf in uh in um uh, my most recent campaign that just started he is not a nice guy man bummer in a fun way in a fun way that everybody likes okay <laughs> <laughs> i hope i don't know 
Oh man. It's always hard to tell. Do you know when people like your character? Like, can you tell? Because I certainly can't. I've played so little that I, if I haven't really developed a radar for that. Uh, I was literally just texting a friend of ours earlier today. And I was like, hey, I hope I wasn't like talking too much in that last <laughs> session. Because I'm a bard and yeah. some of the other people like aren't necessarily wanting to like RP with people. Especially the other NPCs. And so I'm kind of the person who like waits 15 seconds and it's like, okay, well, I'm jumping back in. Oh, you know? over, yeah. I'm like, I really hope people aren't like, oh, this... Dude, coming back in. I was going to talk in in the 16th second. Yeah. Yeah. They're all great and they're super nice about it. But can you, well, can I'll rephrase the question then? Can you tell when people like your NPCs? Yes. Yes. I can definitely, I can definitely tell when they like my NPCs or where they don't care about my NPCs at all. (laughs) Uh, I have, I have maybe only made like a few NPCs that my players have really like seemed to respond to. Um, I don't, I don't really like, I haven't really had the, uh, it's a very common trope of like, oh, I made the little goblin named Boblin mm-hmm. and he's like yeah. the only guy that people like, uh, normally it's like some, some mildly evil lady that people are like, okay, all right. Yeah. I'm into that. Um, yeah, actually it's, I think most of the people that my players have responded to have been mildly evil women. I I think it for my players at least this is so sidetracked but I like this conversation (laughs) Um, the ones that my players tend to gravitate towards it's all dependent on like what effect like they immediately have on the party when they Mm. when they first meet them so like there's this random NPC named Tilson in one of my long-standing campaigns and my party loves him because he one time he's just kind of a regular dude that like had like a bat basically and he was just like he brought down this minotaur skeleton like at the last second in this battle with them and they were like this guy's the coolest dude ever and like (laughs) i didn't know who this person was you know yeah um and that kind of thing i think those that's what makes players really love npcs and then there are some that i'm like i know all this person's backstory and he's so cool but like he hasn't really had a chance to do anything in front of the players and they're just like yeah we don't i don't know we don't really know (laughs) yeah yeah Anyway, uh, that was a very, very <laughs> big digression there from Elves and Dwarves. Mm-hmm. But do uh, you have anything else to uh, to say about Elves in general or Dwarves in general? I think probably this is maybe the one where we can uh, we can be criticized most for not knowing like D and D lore. Like, yeah, I'm sure there's sure. stuff that we could talk about here that's like, ooh, let's talk about the history of Dwarves and Elves in the Forgotten Realms. And it's like, wait, we don't really know that. Like. Honestly, this is kind of just how you play the game, um, mm-hmm. and I think that I think that players in general kind of disregard dwarves too quickly. Yeah. Um, uh, I do think that some of the like, there's there's a lot of inbaked ideas about you know what dwarves can and can't be. You're like, oh, I can't do a Scottish accent, so I can't do it be a dwarf. Mm-hmm. Um, a common a common themes with my dwarves is that they are actually country. I do a lot of country dwarves. Oh, nice. Um, I really, I really like, I really like a country dwarf aesthetic. A dwarf. Um, I can do a, I can do a decent Scottish accent too. So like, it can come out when it needs to. But prove it. Uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Well, <laughs> uh, it's 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 hard because you're all the key and phrases are like very specific, and. Mm. Uh, Normally, I have to start start with something like "Hey, laddie, oh, hey, hiya, hiya," <laughs> and the thing is, you never know what to say when you're actually like doing it. 
Um, oh, that doing was so good. Doing. That was sweet. Uh, <laughs> I've known a lot of Scottish people in my time because I, uh, I mean, as you know, I've, I've played bagpipes. Uh, so, um, and obviously my, my, my uh, granny is, you know, she's Scottish from Scotland. Uh, things like that. So granny haggis. Uh, name is Margaret, I think. That um, checks out. Yeah. Uh, anyway. But yeah, no, I think definitely doors were the dark horse of this competition because a lot of people think of them as like, oh, they're, I don't know, harsh and they can drink as much as they want and they're rowdy and I don't want to be that. I want to be cool, refined, graceful, sophisticated. But mm -hmm. I definitely think that there's that there's a good case to be made for dwarves. I, I think that when people think about making a dwarf versus making an elf, the idea of like, oh, I'm going to make like a real dirty, like drinking guy, like you said, is less appealing than like, I'm going to play the most refined and attractive person in the world. It's like, yeah, we all, we all want to be refined and attractive, but yeah. you know, sometimes you got to play, you got to play a dude with a real big beard who people grow to love instead of just loving right away. Good stuff. And I think there's, there's plenty of like, interesting like character development opportunity using the like major archetypes of both <laughs> cultures too yeah because like Build, any building off of that is yeah nice. they definitely both have a lot to work with like imagining an elf who's like i don't want to be secluded and i want to share the good things that we have with the rest of the society like <laughs> probably a lot of the eight hundred thousand year old elves would differ with that and then yeah. playing like a dwarf who really wants to become like a refined um like courtier or something that's yeah. just, that sounds great i love that it does sound great <laughs> yeah so i i think i think that that's one of the really fun things about sharing so many stories with everybody else is is getting to break them with your character um like there there's so much shared ideas about you know what is and isn't elfy or dwarfy yeah and it can be really fun to break those things as and, and you know that that goes for classes too like oh maybe you're making a, a dwarf barbarian and people are like i know what that guy's like and you're like haha do you and then you multi-class into rogue or something and like the bam like that's conan right there conan the barbarian conan the barbarian. barbarian rogue for sure that makes sense to me yeah, he like he does a lot of climbing and sneaking yeah around Maybe he's a uh, maybe he's a thief, so he can use all those magic items. Because doesn't he have? He's he's a real uh, uh, weapon guy. Like I feel like yeah. I feel like he's he's one of those people who's like doesn't have a magical bone in his body, mm -hmm. but he's got like magic swords and stuff like that. Yeah, and I don't know. work gives him extra climbing, so that's good. <laughs> yeah, um, um, I feel like there was there's another. Oh, that's such a derail. But I was going to say that there's another series of books by that same author, uh, John Carter of Mars, mm -hmm. that I'm more familiar with than Conan. Um, I'm not familiar at all, unfortunately. But I will say, I think that a lot of why elves get chosen so much, I mean, obviously there is this like perception of them being very graceful, elegant, like put together, composed, which is what we a, a lot of players want in, in a character. <laughs> but I think also like, when I was making my first character, I was just like, I know I want to play a monk, so like somebody give me decks. I want to do like one yeah. sword and a shield if I can, and that's like I didn't know monks couldn't use shields, but um, I had a lot to learn. <laughs> but that was like what sold elves for me, and I think after yeah. the release of Tasha's, 
and it's more widespread this idea that like we probably shouldn't be tying specific ability scores to specific races then like especially i mean the fact that you can be uh like a the mountain dwarf yeah and get like a plus two to your intelligence and a plus one to your con and make a wizard that has medium armor yeah. like that's that's such a huge difference than For being sure. like oh yeah i can play a wizard that has medium armor but like i have to take a plus two in strength and con instead of my intelligence you know? yeah i think i think you're right that uh elves have such a solid baseline for like a lot of different classes that that is a good reason why a lot of people gravitate towards them um like they really like you said are so good for any dex based class that you want to be and there are there are a lot of those and dex is super strong in in uh fifth edition um so am i am i maybe correct in saying that if we're talking about pre-tasha's elves are superior like you know php elves come out on top dwarves are a little bit behind and maybe it switches if we're talking post tasha's because when you remove the ability score difference you kind of end up with a little bit more interesting flavor on a dwarf like you would look at a dwarf and be like "Ooh, that's a cool race whereas if you remove the bonuses from elves you'd look at them and be like that's pretty that's pretty solid i think it's good but it's yeah. not it's not quite as strong as it was when ability scores were more rigid yeah, and I will say that elves do get um, proficiency in long swords, short swords, short bows, and long bows. Yeah, very similar. But <clears throat> I think it's different though because you don't always like better armor is helpful for any class. Mm -hmm. And if you're trying to well, use a specific weapon, basically the class that you are gives you that proficiency. It's like being a wizard in medium armor. That's dope. But like being a wizard with like short sword proficiency doesn't necessarily help you know if you don't have I mean, if your yeah. armor class is still 11 and you have two hit points then you're not going to be using that short sword so i think i think the proficiencies that dwarves get are more helpful across the board and i think that you also push push the dwarf uh like you accomplish more of the task for dwarves you brought them further along than i did for elves so i'm, I'm happy to see this one to you okay cool i feel like sometimes we do this where it's like is this strictly the correct answer? Maybe, maybe not. Maybe on a different day, you know, we'd we'd have a little bit more to say about elves and and their rich history and and how it fulfills, you know, more of a character fantasy for more players and like, yeah. oh, we're gonna weight that higher. Um, but I think for I think for today, I, I think I think I'm happy to accept this win bringing you up to a plus six my guy let's go dude next session, don't, even, don't even trip i'm gonna win for sure i mean you always go first anyway so i don't, I don't know <laughs> yeah that's true but now i'm really really good well <laughs> maybe i'll maybe i'll show you up here and i'll and i'll roll super high because it is literally just statistics there's nothing actually there's nothing actually about how bad i roll unless sound to happen we're 10 episodes in I have used the exact same die, mm. and it's metal. So, like, maybe, maybe it's, maybe it's weighted weird. I think I have that exact, yeah. dude. I have a slightly more blue version, and there's no purple. But, yeah, this was uh, my DM um, 
bought us all dice for our characters in the last campaign, like specific oh, nice. like character dice. Uh, and he got them all in metal. And so this is my uh, this is my spoof dice. Um, Love that. Well, congratulations, Oliver. You deserve this one. Thank you, thank you. I uh, I feel like it was a well fought fight, as as always. Um, yeah, I think it's time to wrap it up then. Yeah. Uh, anything okay. anything to announce? Any? You got another podcast? I, <laughs> I was gonna say we don't have any projects. <laughs> we don't have any projects. On. We're just a couple of guys. I don't know. Uh, but we totally should. Okay. <clears throat> I do have an idea that I'll I'll just talk to you about after the after okay, the episode. Cool. Um, I will actually, and this is my this is my first shameless plug. Okay. Uh, I think I think uh, Monday the thirty first. I'm gonna say, um, my brother in law is uh, yeah Monday the thirty first. My brother in law has a Twitch stream, um, and I'm gonna be on it doing uh, a little a little D and D campaign called the Unbeaten Path. Um, and uh and feel free to come and check that out it's always a good time uh his twitch handle is pu2asu so it's always a good time uh i'm gonna be there as a player i'm playing an artificer uh my brother's gonna be there you can if you're really curious about like my last name and stuff we're a lot more lax about that so <laughs> dox me on there um and that's the that's Monday thirty first that's Monday the thirty first uh, around January um it's gonna be at probably like 6 p.m pst Pacific. which is a different time for everybody uh but yeah oh did you hear that <laughs> yeah i did <laughs> that was that was him i accidentally pulled up his stream he's got um, good energy he does he has a lot of energy uh but yeah so that's my that's my biggest most shameless plug um but yeah so thanks to Louis Zong for use of our theme song, um, which is The Witch's Planker, uh, off of his Discworld album. A very good album. Very good song. Fits our vibe. I, I think I think we really lucked out here with, with this with this particular uh tune. I think it's I think it's a good time. We did. It's got a perfect beginning and a perfect ending. It's, it's almost like you made it for <laughs> podcast. It's crazy. I don't think you did. Uh, well I have a question for you, Oliver. Yeah, what's up? Where's the body? Where is it?